It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Penn State football has wrapped up its class of 2023 recruiting efforts. I am Nate Bauer. I'm going to be joined by Sean Fitz today. This is the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. Hello, Nate. Hi, Sean. Hi. How's it How going? are you? I'm going great. I'm doing much, much better than the basketball team did last night, which is to oh, say. Oh, no. That, yeah. No, I started there, and I'm sorry. Um, and I know this is not the basketball podcast, but played number one Purdue last night. It was not pretty, and you see what happens when, when somebody can get hot, even if it's not the 7'4 guy who is bigger than anyone I've ever seen, really. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's something, but Purdue put it to him last night. Yeah, it was uh, it was not a great showing for Penn State. It was kind of a combination of things, right? Because you, they had to play well, right? No matter what, no matter how Purdue played, Penn State had to play well, and Penn State didn't. Uh, so that that was the first half of the equation, and then the second half was Purdue just uh, Mason Gillis went nuts, like actually nuts, like off the reservation, just complete. Uh, dominance made nine three pointers. He had a he had an eleven zero run himself to start the second half. So when that happens, uh, you know sometimes it's just not your night. Micah Shrewsbury was interviewed after the game, and uh, you know he, he uh, the the quote that got me is he was like, "You got to do something, right? Like, like <laughs> you got to do something to to you got to pick who you're going to defend on this Purdue team because you cannot leave Zach Eady by himself in the paint or he will absolutely bludgeon you. So, you know, uh, pick your lost, yeah. pick, pick your poison. Penn state picked it. Was, wasn't a, uh, was not a successful choice uh, for Penn state. I actually had a, I thought it was a great headline. Nobody commented on it. Did you see I'm it? Sorry. No, I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> the headline was uh, picking poison. Penn State croaks at number one Purdue. Oh wow! Okay, that's, can, that's at least you didn't use the word route in it. That's all that matters. Yeah, I didn't um, say route. <laughs> uh, how many of those guys did Shrews recruit on that team? On Purdue's team? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Quite a few. He, okay. he was a big part of it. He. It was funny. He at the end of the at the end of the game, I saw him. The kid, you know you never get to see exactly what you want to see on TV, right? The camera always does something else from what you want. I wanted to watch him walk through the post-game handshake line and he dipped out. Like he, he left the handshake line. So Adam Fisher was the first coach to go through the handshake line. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Did he like, did he bail on the post-game handshake? Would he do that? Uh, and what you ended up seeing at the end was he he dipped out so that he could go to the end of the line and spend more time with everybody, right? So the, the Matt Painter, the entirety of that coaching staff, and and all those players. So just if you, I, I you know, I like to to browse opponent message boards sometimes, see see what they're talking about, see what they say, and 
universally, it was interesting. Universally, uh, the reaction on Purdue's board was like, what a class act. This guy is so great. They, they love Micah Shrewsbury. And uh, the sentiment that came through was Notre Dame would be so smart to hire this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and I don't cover basketball, so I kind of separate myself from that. And I, I really like Micah Shrewsbury just in terms of being a former basketball guy myself, watching like how he coaches them and how he, like how he's getting. And, and, and last night was a terrible example, but how he gets the most out of what he's what he's putting out there on the floor is, you know, something you don't always get. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's going to be tough for Penn State to hold on to him because he is such a great teacher and coach and guy that seems to get everything and and you get that you know from his background the guys that he's been around he's absorbed a lot of that and yeah he's uh he's a really good coach I I really enjoy watching his teams and I cannot always say that about Penn State basketball life is a series of choices Fitz Penn State can choose whatever it wants to be as a basketball program. And so if, if Micah Shrewsbury and his staff and the, the direction that they want to take this are prioritized and given the amount of resources that it takes to compete in the big 10, uh, I, I don't really have any question that Micah Shrewsbury would stick around for that. That Micah Shrewsbury is a guy who could withstand being offered other positions uh, and stay with Penn state, but you got to be able to compete. And uh, certainly I have detailed through the years, the many, many ways that Penn state needs to take strides. <clears throat> and and that's a conversation. In that category. We've, had, we've, we've had a conversation like that in the last couple of years regarding football. And mm-hmm. last year with the latest uh, extension for James Franklin, we had talked about the things that were not involved in the, in the print that, is available to us in terms of the contract, the numbers of years, all that kind of stuff is the dedication and Penn state basketball, obviously behind in that, in that regard, but Penn state football continues to catch up and, you know, is adding positions is making changes where you just don't necessarily think there are going to be changes made, but in the name of improvement, in the name of, Hey, we've got this ability to do things now. And that has not always been the case. So curious to see what Pat Kraft does in terms of, of, of the dedication to that program. Um, I don't, he's not going to build a sustainable winner. Like this is Penn state basketball. This is, this is different, but you can build something where you can be respectable and be a contender every, every so often. I think, you know, it's, it's a very, very tough place to, to play, uh, to win consistently. And, and I don't, I don't mean to sound too down, but like if, if the, if the dedication is there, if the resources are there, you can do that. We've seen programs that have done that. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, you brought up Franklin and contracts and things getting done and commitments. There are things happening. We are going to talk football. Yes. We are (laughs) going to talk football. I don't, and I don't want to speak out of term, but uh, you know, facilities wise, these are things that don't even necessarily come to the forefront. Um, But there there are things happening. I'm I'm just going to to tease it and allude to it. Things are happening uh, structure facility wise, not necessarily even with Penn State football, uh, as much as it is resources being provided to other sports that will free up Penn State's football facilities, which is uh, a step in the positive direction for for Penn State uh, football. Uh, Shrine Bowl. The thing everybody wants to talk about. It's here. (laughs) It's here. Finally, we've we got the all Rose been Bowl waiting. out of the way so we could get to the Shrine Bowl. That is fantastic. <laughs> well, we had to get through the NFLPA Bowl as well, which uh, was also uh, at, at the forefront of attention. But no, 
Penn State has a couple of guys in the Shrine Bowl. That is tonight, February 2nd, Thursday. Uh, It's an 8.30 kick, I believe, in Las Vegas. It'll be on the NFL Network. And Juice Scruggs and Mitch Tinsley are both playing in that game. And, you know, for what it's worth, have really gotten quite a bit um, of positive momentum, positive feedback, positive reviews uh, for the people who are kind of there, you know, I'm not a draft guy. That's not my thing. But if you if you look for some of the reactions uh, from people who are there in Las Vegas this week and who have checked out those practices, uh, they, they have been very, very glowing. Um, first, certainly for, for Juice Scruggs, who has always been a part of that game. That was in his, his postseason plans. But also for Mitch Tinsley, who was a late ad. Tinsley actually participated in the NFL PA Bowl at the Rose Bowl last weekend and was one of two players to be added after that. Like stuff had already started with the shrine bowl when Tinsley was added to the roster. So uh, should be interesting to see him get another crack at showing his stuff for scouts catches the ball. That's the, the main, right? If you, uh, his, his route running is, has been excellent this week uh, according to those onlookers and really has uh, uh, had an excellent showing just again catching the football so we'll see we'll see what he does and that's and that's what he's done so well you know at at penn state is like yes his numbers dipped because he was not playing in an offense that was going to get him 90 catches and i think that that's that's the biggest thing is when you look at his production on a numbers basis like you would think he took a step back this year but you know he's pretty pretty quality player would have liked to seen a little bit more in the in the big play aspect of it but like he's not going to the nfl to be a big play guy he's going there to be a deshaun hamilton type guy play all over the field run good routes get open type things um so i'm excited to see him and like his competitive nature took over like he was not supposed to be in this game he performed well last week or two weeks ago whichever one was the nfl pa uh, bowl and then you know to come in on short notice and do what he's done is going to catch the eye of some scouts it's going to catch the eye of uh, of of draft people and I, I think he's he's really helped himself in the last couple of weeks the guy i want to talk about is juice scruggs because we're going to spend this 2023 off season talking about penn state football and what penn state needs to do to get to the next level to be a championship contender and everything like that one thing we're probably not going to talk about it enough or we haven't talked about enough is Penn State's going to miss Drew Scruggs a lot like yeah. he was very good this year and um, I, I know they would have loved to have him back for another year it's just not in the cards um, you know with with the eligibility the the COVID year all that kind of stuff um, but uh, he's he's ready to move on and I don't blame him because he's been here for for a while but Juice was excellent at times this year very good I think at his at his his floor and um you know they're gonna have to replace him hunter norzad's gonna move into center um but uh, that's not gonna be a seamless transition you know if they had Drew, juice scruggs back next year they would be feel really really good about where they're at but uh as for now they'll just they'll take what they've got and feel pretty good about what they've got so i i don't think we're going to be able to vocalize how much juice scruggs is going to be missed because he's a really good player yeah and you didn't see you didn't see issues right i mean the the best center is the one that you don't necessarily notice all the time and i, I think certainly that could be said to to his credit this season um hunter noise that's interesting to me just because this will be now obviously he took reps and practiced a lot of this year as a backup center 
So it's not as though this is going to be a totally new thing for Hunter Norzad, but coming from his college career prior to Penn State, it it will represent really the the second big position change from where he had been previously. Right. And he's, you know, he was a tackle, then he was a guard. Now he's going to be a center. That's that's fine. I mean, that versatility is awesome. Um, He's going to, I think, use this off season to get health. Like that guy got banged up early yeah. and just yeah. he, he, to his credit, like just marched through it. Yep. And I can't imagine that was easy. So he gets fixed up this off season. He'll be, he'll be okay. Um, but um, it will be, it's, it's a, it's a high bar to go in and try and replace juice Scruggs because, you know, like you mentioned, he's a guy we didn't talk about for a reason because he was, solid like he was right there doing his job and you know we focus on the the guy that gets past past the uh the outside guy the tackle or whatever to get to the quarterback you don't really think about the center but juice scruggs graded out i think graded out as the top lineman won the top lineman award for a reason or, or i think he was right there with with olu um so i mean i don't know what his draft prospects look like he's, he's probably a late day two guy guy maybe early day three guy because he is an interior lineman but uh there's a a lot to like about juice scruggs and like i said we're not going to talk enough about how much penn state's going to miss him this offseason yeah and certainly a guy who who has uh from when he first got to penn state to now has been through some stuff so uh good good on him for you know maximizing and we'll see we'll see what happens with him Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Uh, class of 2023. It's in the books. Is it in the books? It's in the books. It's in the, it's in the books. Yes, it's in the books. You're going to clock out now. Uh, Penn yeah, State. See you later, guys. All right. Penn State's <laughs> class of 2023, uh, all 23 of them. Uh, 14th nationally in the on three rankings. Uh, signed Chimney Ono yesterday. Uh, the finishing piece was a good one. And I think it's indicative of things clicking on the offensive side of the ball. You have a top tight end class in the Big Ten, top offensive line class in the Big Ten. Last year, you had the top quarterback class and running back class in the country or right up there in the country. Um, Still need more weapons on the outside. Uh, Wide receiver last year was a big class. This year, they just brought in Carmelo Taylor. Um, So when we talk about stacking classes, you you look for those holes in certain areas and you you need in 2024 to figure out what you're going to do at at receiver because that's going to be such a big position. You need some you need some game changers. And you know, sometimes they have them, sometimes they don't. When you have them, it's a heck of a lot easier to move an offense. Uh defensively, uh another really good solid class. I will say I look at the numbers and I look at the guys and how long it's going to take them to get ready to where they need to, to get where they need to be. Defensive line, a bit of a concern. That's something they're going to have to address in 2024 um, and in the portal. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt Penn State will be looking 
um, at tackle in the springtime uh, into next year because I think this year they can hold up okay. Um, they're going to have some guys move on after the season. So it's going to be interesting to see which direction that goes to because if you look at the last couple of classes, the numbers aren't huge. Um, different body types, different uh, guys that, you know, you're, you're taking more projects on the outside, like Joseph Mupoy. Uh, we saw them take town, you know, there, there are guys in the last couple of classes that are going to take a little bit longer to, to get where they need to be. Now, maybe Mason Robinson comes in is a little bit earlier, redshirt freshman, sophomore, something like that. And is one of those guys, but just looking at that defensive line and comparing it to uh, where they what they got at linebacker this year, which is an excellent linebacker class and what they've gotten in the secondary in the last several cycles is uh, there, I think there's a noticeable drop off. So receiver and uh, defensive tackle, two of the top uh, portal uh, targets for Penn State are also going to be high, high priorities uh, in the class of 2024. Not that they're never not that they aren't ever top priorities because they're such important positions, but those two just kind of stick out. And when you take 2022 and 2023 and put them beside each other, um, you see, you know, parallels in certain positions and then ups and downs in, in others. Is, is uh, just sticking with the defensive line for a minute. Is, is chop a concern for, for them? Like, is he an early entry kind of guy? Do you think, is that something that they have to consider? Like what's the urgency there? Because you're, you're I mean, certainly Adisa Isaac is a guy who you would assume uh, will move on. I believe Adisa would have another year with the COVID year after this season, if he wanted it, but certainly you would have to think that both of those guys uh, could be moving on after this season. Right. With a productive year, Chop's going to like look at that pretty heavily. I feel confident in that. Uh, Adisa already has looked, and I think he's, you know, he's in that situation kind of like Juice, where he, yes, he does that have, have that extra year, but probably not going to use it because he has a, a pro career to move on to. You've got Deny Dennis Sutton there. I'm really interested to see uh, what Zariah Fisher brings to the table there at defensive end. But yeah, I yeah. think that it's such an important position that you're going to be looking like on the offensive line, you're going to be looking defensive end, defensive tackle every year in the portal, whether you get something or whether there's something out there worth fitting into the puzzle that you've put together already. Uh, that's that remains to be seen, but I think Penn state's going to have to, to move in that direction. Uh, really, really like what they bring back at edge this year. But as we see in college football, like all it takes is one year for a position room to kind of flip in that direction. So we're going to yeah. see, uh, you know, in 2024, what, what 2024 brings. But yeah, Chop is uh, Chop is a pro prospect. He's a guy that they feel strongly about that he can be an early round pick. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the right production, getting the right size and, you know, making the gains that he needs to make to get where he needs to be. Before we move on uh, from Chimney's signing on Wednesday, what what's can you Cliff's notes, the, you know, the version there, like how, how that came to be, uh, you know, why sign late? What, what was the, the story there on him uh, joining the program? So Chimney was committed to old dominion early. Like this is not a guy that went out and ran the camp scene or did really anything like that. He went to old dominions camp. They worked him out. They think, Hey, we might have a gem here offered him. And I believe he committed September 1st. So didn't get any senior film out or anything like that before he committed. Uh, Old Dominion was tickled to have him. I've talked to some of the guys down there and they thought, man, eh, this guy, I don't want to say he's, he was better than Old Dominion, but they knew that other schools would come calling if other schools found out about him. Other schools eventually did find out about him. Rutgers was very much in this and very much in the picture to sign him in December. Penn State went down during that uh, December window. Uh, Phil Troutline watched him practice basketball, watched 
you know, dunk and things like that and said, okay, he's got, he's got a lot of the tools that we're looking for. Like I said, I, I keep saying this about Jimmy, just based off of the feedback that I've gotten, he's probably a two or three year project in terms of catching up to the speed of the game, catching up to the nutrition, catching up to the weight program and everything like that. So once they decided, okay, this guy is worth taking a flyer on. Then they, they went all in, uh, offered a couple days after he decommitted from, uh, old dominion. And at that point, you know, this kid didn't know anything about recruiting. So Michigan state comes in, Ole Miss comes in, Rutgers was there, Penn state, of course, being the dominant program in his region comes in and it's going to make you pause and think, like I said, Rutgers really, really tried to get him to sign, uh, in the early signing period. And he just decided that it now was his time to go through the process. So he did that. And, uh, Penn state won out, to, uh, this was not one that was really ever in the bag until late because, you know, you heard whispers of NIL, uh, you know, it's not a kid that comes from a ton. So you heard whispers of NIL, especially with Michigan state and Ole Miss involved. Um, but all things equal, I think Penn state was the place that, uh, really made the most sense for him. And he signed, uh, on Wednesday afternoon, glad to have Ryan Snyder down there for that, for the live stream. I know a lot of pe a lot of people uh, signed on the live stream. So we appreciate that. Um, and speaking of which, if you're watching here on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a good close. I mean, you look at what they did last year with Vega Yone and, same result. You you get a guy that you think can play on, in your offensive line room. Uh, polar opposites. I mean, Vega was like almost ready, like because he is giant. You know, six <laughs> five plus three thirty, just square, a light three thirty, as they tell me. Um, Chimney's six five two seventy, and he looks skinnier than that when you when you get beside him. So, um, polar opposites um, in terms of like rawness and all that kind of stuff but the same result in that you added you went out and you found a guy in the second signing period where values are higher like you this guy if he doesn't sign in in december this is a generality if he doesn't sign in december schools are going to place a higher value on him for the uh for the january february period so penn state was able to secure a couple of guys um albeit on different paths uh and it's a really good job like it's yeah. it's not easy to do that and they also, one thing that we probably didn't talk about in January, they also caught themselves in terms of like, there were some receivers out there that could they play at Penn State? Maybe, but also maybe not, probably not. And they caught themselves with some of those evaluations and, and, and kind of took a step back from several prospects um, in the January period. It's been, it, it helps to get Malik McLean to take some of that blow off and, and take some of that uh, urgency for a wide receiver. But Penn State backed up on those guys, went all in on Ono, and this this is the result. Is uh, obviously James Franklin said in December during the December signing period, he he you know plotted out the the list of positions that they were still looking at, be it through the transfer portal or in recruiting, uh, and obviously tackle was one of them. Does this resolve that, or do you do you foresee them still pursuing someone in the transfer portal for more immediate help? I see them going to the transfer portal for an offensive lineman anytime they can, not just because <laughs> these guys are not ready and the, the younger guys are not ready. You can add a college ready guy like that's been in a strength program for a couple of years. It's going to be a tough sell. Don't get me wrong because you've got three tackle starters coming back and guys that have started in the interior. So there's not a lot to sell for Penn state at this point, but you need bodies and you need bodies that are ready to, to go. I mean, we, we watched this, this offensive line, 
just get thrown together in November. And that's when that's when you need that guy. That's when you need your seventh or eighth offensive lineman. And I think that that's why they will look at that. And and every every portal season, offensive line is going to end up on on there. They offered a couple of guys. A Johnny Cornelius was not coming here to be the third or fourth tackle. Like that's that's just how that works. Like he was a guy that was so prioritized by several schools because offensive tackle, there's a dearth of offensive tackles out there. You're not going to, you know, every school, like we, we, we sit here and look at Penn state every day and say, Penn state has had so much trouble developing offensive tackles while not realizing that 80% of the other schools out there are in the same boat just because there aren't, there aren't too many of these guys walking around. So um, that's kind of where it is with the portal in terms of selling a guy. You've got Olu coming, or once Olu came back, like no, no yep. chance. Essentially, no chance. Yep. Um, Drew Shelton started last uh, the last part of the season. You're getting Caden Wallace back, which became apparent late in the season, as reported by Ryan Snyder. So um, it was one of those situations where it's just such a tough sell. But you're still going to try and go out and find those those guys and you know what, maybe you bring in a guy that's been in a D1 program as a walk-on. Like you're looking to add numbers because, um, you know, you need, I'm not saying you need scout team players, but you need guys that you can fill into that um, that ladder of, of offensive line talent while you wait for your young guys to develop. And, and at the same time, I mean, Malik McNeil was on campus for what, four months, something like that. Like these things are, this is yeah. a position with a, with a high volatility rate. Like you're, if you get half of the guys to develop, you're feeling pretty good about the group that you brought in. So they just brought in two, uh, or excuse me, four guys in this class, maybe five if you include Mega Barnwell. Um, but uh, if you get to, if you get quality starters out of two, maybe three of these guys, that's a that's a good hit rate in the class. Very much so. Very much so. Um, <laughs> Did I exhaust you? What? what yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to process all of it. It's just it's, the recruiting. It's all. It's a whole different animal. Uh, you want to do a lightning round, right? I want to do a lightning gonna, round. Well, let's do a lightning round. So we're stacking, we're comparing the 2022 class to the 2023 class. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah. Some of by position, dry by position. Okay. Well, I mean, let's start with with one of the more difficult ones to to decide on. Uh, quarterback what was 2022. I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. That's very but, good. That's very good. Yeah. What do you got? Um, had me there for a second quarter. I mean, you're going to go 2022, like uh, bringing those two guys in Jackson Smolik, I think is a good, uh, like a good prospect, a guy that can, can be a productive college quarterback, but like Drew Aller and Bo Prabula are your one and two next year. And that's uh, a year into the career for both of them. You're probably feeling pretty good about that. Christian Veyer is at Pitt because of the class that they brought in in 2022. So let's not spend too much time. I, I know. I think you would pick 2022 as well. That's how, that's how easy this choice was. I would, you should ask me the next one. Okay, how about running back, Nate? 2022. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> no, I, I mean, obviously, right? Yeah, there, was no, no, there were no running backs from Berks Katron County. Allen. 23, so. Yeah, if, if, it, if it doesn't involve a Berks County running back, I'm just not interested. But do, long term, what's the projection for, for the two guys that they did bring in uh, at that position in this class? Yeah, Wallace, they might need right away. Like, if they don't add another guy in the portal in May, then they're going to look to him to... Uh, potentially be a guy it's just going to be so hard because those first two guys and, and i know injuries happen and things like that but those first two guys are so much better than whatever you're going to try out there as your third guy that uh yeah it really changes some things and changes the math and changes your ability to try and bring in a guy like it'd be nice to have a guy like john lovett that would come in and and you know be in this role or or, or you know even a devin ford or something like that like to be a guy that would fulfill a role to have a role in the team 
Cam Wallace might be that guy. London Montgomery, of course, is uh, going to be a guy that has to rehab before we can really say definitively like how that one's going to play out. So, yes, there is one, two, and then there's a big gap, which you would like to fill with a portal guy or somebody transfer, you know, whatever. Um, and then there's those two freshmen. So it's uh, it, it's not like the guy, the third guy is going to come in and, and be a dude right away. Yeah. Uh, T Frank's telling us that London actually agreed to uh, to join the show. So he should be able to provide a little bit of an update on where he's at uh, in the coming week yeah. or so. Uh, offensive line. You just you just touched on it a little bit, but certainly a, a pretty big and important class uh, for them this year. Yeah, I'm going to lean 2023, even though I like the 2022 duo of Shelton and Vega Ione. And of course, you can, I guess you can throw JB Nelson in there as well as a uh, junior college transfer. So back-to-back good classes on the offensive line, potentially great. I, I love Alex Birchmeyer. Like I, I know Javon Williams is, is rated higher, but I think Birch is going to be a real player. So um, I'm going to lean 2023 right here because of the numbers, because you've got uh, three guys that are going to start out as offensive tackles, um, whether that's the best fit for them in the long run, we will see. But uh, I'm going to lean 2023, even though I, I really like what the group that they brought in in 2022. Phil Troutwine's on fire right now, and there's no real getting around that. Tight end, another position that uh, has had, I mean, really a, just a, a string of successes, right? I mean, this is this doesn't just, it's not limited to 2022 and 2023. Uh, it goes back in terms of their their consistency recruiting at that position. But what are you, what are you picking between the last two years? Yeah, I'm going to go 23. I don't think it's all that close uh greg had a story on jerry cross this week to definitely check that out on the site but andrew rapelier uh that's that's my guy in this class i think he's gonna be really really good and i think joey schlaffer is gonna be very uh intriguing to see which way he develops he's gonna have to take the long road uh the long route around um but uh definitely a lot of potential there so 2023 i, I lean pretty heavily to 2023 okay big one 2022 receivers or 2023 receiver. Are you including transfer portal in this? Okay. The transfer portal is more of a tiebreaker as we'll see in a different uh, position here. Uh, okay. I'll go 2022 here. Um, Caden Saunders and Amari Evans seem to be leading the way there. Um, continues to see, or we'll continue to see development and there's a new ride receivers coach in town. So we're going to see, which guys develop into his guys. Um, so I think that that's something there. And on the other side, like you brought in one receiver and it was, you know, not a productive cycle for Penn state. They, they brought in Carmelo Taylor. Whereas on the other side, you've got those two guys, you've Tyler Johnson who, you know, is going to take some time to catch up and uh, you know, join his peers on that group. And then Christian uh, driver switching over. I think it's very interesting because um, I think he's got, a lot of the skills does he have the skills and athletic combination that you need to to be there we will see but he's got the genes so you got to give it right. uh, got to give it to 2022 here uh defensive tackle big position for Penn State. yeah yeah big position and you see kind of what i was saying earlier in terms of the worry in numbers here because last year you brought in caleb artis and zane durant two guys that they think will be players but like you know, this is a situation. This is another one of those positions where if you bring in four guys and two of them hit, you feel okay about it. Maybe you'd like three of those guys to hit. Um, so they, I think they just need more numbers. Like it, there's a difference between um, some, at times, they've brought in bodies that weren't up to this level. And you, you've seen that. Like you've, you've seen the guys that have left the program early. 
it's tough because you've got this line where you can take guys like Zane Durant, uh, guys that guys like artists. And then like, are you taking the project that is bigger, but not as athletic? Are you taking the guy that's athletic, but doesn't have the great measurables? You know, it's, it's such a tough position to recruit, yeah. but it's such a vital position. So I go 2022 and I will say this, Terry Blanding's not bad. Like he's a sleeper, like pointed out as by James Franklin as a sleeper pointed out by other people in the program as a sleeper that's worth watching. Um, now he's about 265 pounds right now, so he's not ready or close to ready to playing. Um, but uh, that is an, that is a position which, you know, 2024, you need addressed. Um, you need, to, to be honest with you anymore, you need one of those big guys to be in your lap to start. You need one of those guys to be in your region to uh, to, to work on from the start or, or else they're heading south. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, defensive end. What do you got? This, I mean, so this is this, this is where it gets, gets close. The last four positions on defense, like the, yeah. the classes were so close. Like I have a, I have this as a push. You've got Deny Dennis Sutton versus uh, Jamil Lyons, Joseph Mupoy, and Mason Robinson. The numbers obviously favor twenty twenty three, but like, do you account for Chop Robinson in this class in that twenty twenty two class because of the portal? You you alluded to it earlier. I mean, I'm such a big Deny Dennis Sutton fan that. I think he's he good. I think it's close enough. Yeah, I think it's close enough with just him. Lions, I think, has the talent. He's he's gonna take some time to grow into the college uh, lifestyle, the college atmosphere, academics, all that kind of stuff. Uh Mupoy is a multi-year project. Uh Mason Robinson's gonna take some time to get bigger. Um, so uh, while I like the class, I, I do lean 2022 just because the top of that, you know, de- deny if you li- list all these guys out, deny Dennis Sutton is at the top of that list, and I think it's by a healthy margin. All right, this was. I'm seriously interested in this one because of the uh, the standout All American that, that they have at the position. But linebacker, what do you got? Yeah, th- this was another push for me because you've got Abdul Carter and Keon Wiley going against Tony Rojas, Tamir Robinson, Kevion Keys, and maybe Dakari Nelson. Strength and numbers on one side, but kind of like we just said with denied, like Abdul is so much higher than everybody else. And that's not a, you know, that's not a shot at anybody that just came in the 2023 class. I might lean 2023 here because it's a, it's a more complete class and we haven't really seen a ton from Keon Wiley uh, so far, you know, he had the sack in the Rose bowl. He's a guy that we never expected to contribute as a freshman. He needed this off season to get bigger, to get stronger and to get where he needed to be. Uh, Rojas, very athletic keys, athletic on the outside, Tamir Robinson, really, really good football player coming off an injury. And maybe Dakari Nelson's the tiebreaker here as an eventual Sam, just because he is so big and so athletic. They're going to play him at safety. Like they're going to start him at safety and see which direction he goes in the nutrition program and things like that. But I'm going to, I'm going to go against my better judgment and go 2023 here, even though Abdul Carter is just so far above and beyond anything that we, uh, we really saw coming. I'm going to bet on your better judgment and be the better judgment and say, always go with what you know. And you know know. that Abdul Carter is uh, an absolute stud quarterback. Um, 2023. And I have questions about 2023's cornerback class, but I feel like that they are just a little bit like from what I've heard about Elliot Washington so far on campus, like I put him up there with Cam. Cam Miller was the only corner that signed in 2022. Um, Zion Tracy, uh, athletic kid. We'll see what he does um, in, in, in that group. But uh, yeah, that's going to be tough because uh, you don't know how corners are going to react until they get out there. Penn State seems to like what they have in Cam Miller. 
they seem really pleased with the early returns on, on Elliot Washington. And I think both are good classes, but uh, yeah, I've, I have questions. I, I will go with 2024 or excuse me, 2023 uh, barely in this one because strength in numbers and it's an athletic group. Okay. And last but not least, the safety. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to push safeties as well. You got Winston and flowers from last year going against King Mac Dakari Nelson and Lamont Payne. Um, to me, it's two and two. It's it's Winston Flowers against Mac and Nelson. Uh, although Mac could be a corner nickel guy, play him in that uh, Daquan Hardy role and see how he does. Um, I'm going to go with 2022 because I'm a KJ Winston homer, um, and that's kind of the, aren't we the, all? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of the the lane that I've carved out for that one. Even though, uh, yeah, I think that Nelson can be very good. It's just got to find his best fit. Like what. Which safety position works? Is he that third safety that plays that that, that star role, the Sam, uh, or is he a Sam? Or I mean, is he eventually a Will? This kid is huge. He's pushing six yeah. three. It might be over six three, uh, one ninety, and he can run. So this is a different breed of athlete than we're used to seeing up north. And uh, I'm excited to see how it goes. But like I said, I think KJ Winston can uh, legitimately push to st- for a starting job this year. So yeah. can't ask for much more from a true sophomore. Yeah, very good. Very good. Okay. Well, that uh, that wraps up our stacked classes lightning round. I don't know how lightning it was, but uh, it was, we got it through it. Fun. It was a good <laughs> time was had by most. So Yeah, I had, I had a great time, Fitz. Um, anything else? We're, we're probably wrapping this up and uh, get on out of here. But anything to, to send us off into uh, the next week? Uh, not really. Um, if you notice my Twitter, I did put out a tweet earlier today. Um, Celts, if you've ever been around a tailgate, whether that was when I was at 24 seven or on three Celts is like the best dude and he needs, he needs help right now. Um, so if you go back to my Twitter, you can find a link to a GoFundMe. Um, so definitely check that out because he is a, a kind and decent man and worth worthy of the help. So I would appreciate if anybody was, if, if you have the means to, uh, to help him out. So, but other than that, I think, uh, I think we're golden. Yeah. This is, this is the one time where we will uh, absolutely prioritize that over liking, subscribing and notifying yourself about blue white illustrated's content. Uh, he's a great guy. I've gotten to know him over the years and uh, certainly an outstanding Uh, person that we have in our message board community so uh with that that's it i'm nate he's sean this is blue white illustrated daily edition we will catch you guys hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.